You're listening to episode 177 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Okay, hold on. Humor me for a second here because this is too good not to share. If if you've been following me for a while, I had I pretty much cut out all alcohol for a few years' time, which is crazy, but true. I'd have a drink, maybe like here or there, if we had friends over and we made a big dinner, or once every couple of months. Like one drink every couple of months, maybe. But I'd always pay for it later, and I hated that. Like, it's not worth it to me. I have three little kids. They don't care that mommy had a glass of wine the night before, and they're not going to let me sleep it off. I can't stand hangovers. I can't stand being foggy-brained or having a headache or whatever the next day. I'd have one glass of wine. I was turning into such a pathetic little lightweight, and it would cut into my work and my mood. It just it wasn't worth it. But if I'm being totally transparent, the Italian in me missed her wine, and that was just kind of my, like, curl up by the fire kind of drink or my cherry on top of an amazing Italian dinner kind of thing. But it wasn't worth it. And you also know that I'm totally obsessed with health. We've eliminated all the garbage in our lives as a family. And it never really occurred to me that I'm over here avoiding fruits and vegetables that are sprayed with chemicals, buying organic. But I'd drink a glass of wine, never putting two and two together that the grapes were being sprayed with all the toxins that we completely cut out of our lives. So when I heard about dry farm wines, I'm a skeptic and a research junkie, so I dug into it. Organically grown grapes without any of the additives or toxins sprayed on them, the stuff that I hate. Sugar-free. That's right, sugar-free. And sometimes I feel like for me, having a drink, the sugar hits me harder the next day than the alcohol even does. Lower sulfites, paleo and keto-friendly. So I also am the type that never wants to recommend anything to you guys unless I've tried it for myself and tried it quite a few times. So I'm happy to report that I'm obsessed. My husband and I are obsessed with dry farm wines. I can drink wine again. I can curl up by the fire. I can have it with my big bowl of pasta. And I love the taste. And really, I love the fact that it's small batch and supporting organic farmers all over the world. This is like you know, what I stand for in business too. I want to support the small businesses throughout the world. So if you care about that kind of stuff like I do, or you just really like good wine, go check them out. They've offered to do something special for you guys as my listeners of Scaling Up, and they're going to give you a bottle for one penny. They can't do it for free legally because of the whole alcohol thing. With your order at dryfarmwines.com forward slash Eliz, E-L-I-Z. So Man, it has just been so worth it 
to go this route. I can enjoy a glass of wine again. And if there's ever a bottle you don't love, they replace it, no questions asked. So that's always really appreciated because then you're not going to love every single wine that you try. It's a perfect gift for yourself, maybe, or for my fellow wine lovers and hangover haters. This is great for you. No hangover. Are you hearing the words coming out of my mouth? No hangover. So go check them out. Take advantage of what they're doing for our scaling up community. I so appreciate that. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash Eliz. Okay, thanks for letting me digress for a second here and let's get back to the show. Today we're doing something a little different on the show. We have a special guest, Chelsea Clark, who is a business strategist, and she's the founder of Her Paper Route and the boutique brokerage Blogs for Sale. So what Chelsea does is she helps investors and content creators buy and sell niche online businesses, blogs, media properties. We haven't talked about this, but constantly we are talking about how can you find ways to bring more revenue into your business? How can you do things to become your own investor so that you don't have to go into debt, so that you don't have to take out loans, and so that you don't have to feel like you don't have the money and the growth that you need to pour back into your business to continue to grow it? Because sometimes you have to spend money to make money, but where is that money that you're spending coming from? So back in 2012, Chelsea was laid off from her corporate marketing job pretty unexpectedly, and it taught her that being an employee was a little risky. This is where she wanted to start taking responsibility for her own wealth and became an entrepreneur. And that ultimately led her down this path of learning more about how to flip websites. This might sound like something that's totally not in your wheelhouse. You might not be a blogger. You might not be interested in growing and building websites or selling websites. Trust me, you want to hear this episode. There are some amazing income opportunities through doing something like this, through learning about something like this. And if you are strapped for cash or want to grow more quickly or you need money to invest back into your business, this is a route you might want to consider. All right, have a notebook handy. I have a strong sneaking suspicion that you guys might not know the nitty gritty of flipping websites yet. And Chelsea's here to tell us. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. I have to say we haven't covered this yet on the show, so I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this chat. And um, yeah, when I've been listening to your podcast, I've noticed, hey, there's one thing I can see it might uh, might be interesting to chat with you about. So thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. So today we're talking all things flipping websites. But before we jump into the nitty gritty, tell us more about you and how you got into this niche specifically. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I got started just as a content creator. I was blogging as a hobby for many years, even though I was in school for digital marketing and I was building websites for my, like my corporate marketing job. I was building websites for the businesses. I hadn't made the connection of monetizing my own blog for my own business for too many years. I would say like it went on for many years where I had really uh, split the two sides of myself. My blog was just a creative passion and my business was the business. And then one day I connected the two and started to work on my own websites, monetizing my own websites with affiliate marketing, with digital products, a little bit of ad revenue, doing reviews. And that started to grow really quickly. And people started asking me, hey, how did you monetize your site so fast? How did you scale this startup fast? 
And they started asking me to help them. So I started offering online courses where I could show people how to do it. And I got really interested in selling websites and flipping websites in about 2017. I had a beauty blog that I ran. Uh, I was monetizing. It was making about $5,000 a month. But it was a lot of work to do all of the beauty product reviews. It was specifically about subscription box reviews. So that was taking a lot of time waiting for packages to arrive, trying everything, taking photos, and then creating the blog content. It was fun, but it wasn't really where my passions lay at the time. So I put that site up for sale. I was able to get $50,000 for it. And then I could put that money towards my next project. And that's how I really found myself as a blog flipper. I just kind of started doing it because it was fun. I enjoyed the creative side of it. And then it really just grew from there. And I ended up launching my uh, marketplace where content creators and investors can buy and sell online businesses. That's so cool. Okay, so I know that a lot of our listeners tuning in are like, okay, what the heck does she mean by flipping a website? So for just to get some of them up to speed, enlighten us a little bit from the early stage of like, what does this mean exactly? And what does that look like? Yes, absolutely. So just like you've heard of people flipping houses, Flipping websites is really no different. You buy a website or you can start the website yourself. You can create it from scratch um, or you could buy one that's already started. It already has some traffic. Maybe it's already making some money and then you develop it. So you put some work into it. Maybe it's improving the blog posts that are there. Maybe it's improving the digital products or adding new products. It's going out and um, building on the audience that came with that site, growing that audience, growing the social media. The whole point of what you would be doing is to try to generate more traffic and more revenue to this website website so that it becomes a higher valued asset and then you can sell it for a profit. And the nice thing with blog flipping and website investing is that the profit margins are really good. You can scale really fast and you can get a return on your investment a lot faster than you could if you were to, you know, renovate a house. There's there's a lot of time, there's a lot of money that would have to go into renovating a house, but when you do it on a digital real estate side, you have much more control. You know, we don't control the real estate market, but you can control the website that you're working on and the more work you put into it means the more traffic, the more income, the more of an audience, maybe the email list is growing a lot faster. And all of those things factor into the selling price that you can get when you're ready to sell it to someone else for a profit. And that's really all website investing, blog flipping is. It really is the same thing when we call it website investing or blog flipping. It really is just the process of buying, developing, and selling online businesses. Mm, I love that. Okay. So for the people tuning in that are like, man, is this for me? A lot of our listeners aren't in this space yet. You know, they're entrepreneurs, service-based, or they have product-based businesses or even some brick and mortar. <clears throat> is this for them? Like, who is this for? Who is this not for? I would say that getting into website investing, it's for anyone who has the interest and the patience to put a little bit of work in up front. And someone who enjoys to work online, someone who enjoys writing, or you are happy to hire a team that can help you out. Because we all know like 
we can scale a lot faster when we have people helping us. We don't want to do everything as a solopreneur if we really want to scale faster. So if you have a team, maybe people who can be writing some content for you, if you have someone that can be sending out your newsletter or working on the social media to put, put out engagement on your Instagram account, all of those sort of things factor in. And um, anyone who this would not be for would be someone who wants instant results. I know I just a moment ago, I said that you can scale fast and you can, but anything that you want to get a good return on your investment does require some work up front. And, you know, we all, we want that passive income. We want our digital products to be selling while we sleep, and we want our affiliate links to be earning commissions for us while we sleep. And that can all happen, but everything that you put in first, you put that work in and then it becomes a source of passive income later. So that's what we like to look at it, that you have a plan. If you're willing to put that work in and you can understand it's not just going to happen overnight, but that every bit of effort that you're putting in, you're going to get back. That's who I would say, but really anybody could get into it. Anyone can get started. I just jumped into it. Really. I enjoyed uh, being a blogger. I enjoyed being a content creator and my own, um, digital marketing business was taking off around the same time. So I literally just jumped in and I ended up learning how to do it on the fly. And I was able to apply what I learned in school. And I did work at uh, brokerages for brick and mortar, brick and mortar business brokerages before I left to, to be my own boss. And so I had all of these little bits of education and experience that I was able to put towards it. But you don't need to have a bachelor's degree. You don't need to have tons and tons of, you know, anything. You just really have to put in the time to want to learn and try and experiment and you'll really figure things out. So anybody can get started in this. Mm, and I love what you mentioned about really, it's not about letters after your name or what degrees you have. This is like what you put into it. It really is what you're going to get out and the willingness to show up for it and not just expect it to uh, be a get rich quick type of deal. But it's something totally. that, you know, you got to put the effort in to elevate it and grow it. So where would someone get started if they wanted to tap into this? And let's, okay, let's give, use an example. So let's say we have an entrepreneur who has maybe some digital courses or a mastermind or has obviously a business already established a little bit of a brand. And maybe they have a blog, but it hasn't really been producing much. Like they're just creating some content and getting it up there, but it's specific to their niche. Where would they start? So if you are, you have a business started and you're thinking you might want to sell it, some of the things that you'll want to make sure you have in line would be things that you would be doing anyway, just for your own taxes, for your own um, reference. So things like making sure that you keep track of your profit and loss. So just a simple spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet that tracks how much you spend on the business each month and how much the business earned. This is so that you are aware of what's going on, but also so when we would list your site, buyers can see that and they can come and take a look and get an idea of how the business earns and then they can understand how they may be able to apply their own skills to then take it from where it's at and grow it. And so that's that's an important thing. You'll also want to make sure that you have your Google Analytics attached to your website, to your storefront, wherever it is that you are um, 
getting traffic to, make sure that you're tracking that in Google Analytics. We will take a look at that as well. Buyers will come and take a look so that they can verify the traffic sources. You'll want to make sure that the traffic sources you're getting are from diversified sources. So it's great. We all want that organic Google search traffic to have our sales pages and our blog posts ranking on Google. Absolutely. You know, focus on that. Make sure that you write your all of your sales pages and all of your content with great SEO in mind. But we also want other sources of traffic too. So things like Pinterest, if you can get traffic coming in from Pinterest, that's excellent because Pinterest is another search engine. If you can get your pins ranking in searches on Pinterest, that's going to send your business traffic for years and years to come. So focus on that. And then also uh, Facebook is great too, going into Facebook groups and getting traffic coming from that, having people just sharing about their love of your business or something cool that you posted. That's always good too. And then when you're thinking, okay, I think it might be time to put it up for sale. You can go to a broker like myself. You can go and um, we can actually give you a free valuation. You just go to blogsforsale.co slash V-A-L, which is just like short for valuation. And then we can take a look at everything. We will look at your traffic. We'll look at your revenue. And then we can give you an idea of what your site could potentially sell for. And then if you wanted to list it on our marketplace, we have a really awesome marketplace where we can help you. We get everything set up and we have a a network of investors and buyers that we promote to and also on our social accounts and our different co-broker accounts as well. So we really like put out the advertising for your business and we deal with all of the back and forth with buyers and meeting with people so that you could really just focus on your business. You don't even have to think about it until often comes in and then we present those offers to you and you decide if you want to accept it or counter or not. So that's totally on uh, how you want to do it. And then we take care of the escrow as well. So if you're selling a business and let's say that you're, you're not going through a broker, you're just selling it on your own, you totally can do that too. But just make sure that when it comes time to accept the payment, don't use PayPal. I love PayPal. I use it for digital products, but when we're selling assets that you know are tens of thousands of dollars we don't want to use paypal we want to use escrow because you're just protected so much more than you would be if you're just to use paypal in that um, type of situation so we have an escrow account that we provide for our clients and we're just there every step of the way to make sure that you get paid on time and that we are there to make sure we get all of your website assets and everything that goes with your business we have this like really simple checklist because there is so many things that you may not think of that actually need to be accounted for. Everything will go to the new owner. So we need to make sure that that is sent over in a timely fashion. And then that's really the only sort of technical bit is waiting for those domain transfers to go through and things like that. It's really not as complicated as it can feel before you do it the first time. I know when I sold my first business myself, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many things to to do. But when you have someone on your side that's looking out for you, it just makes it a lot easier. And then 
we call it on the closing day, just like you would close if you were buying a house, there's a day when all of the contracts and everything have all come through, the money has gone through, it officially closes, your business now is owned by your buyer, the new owner, and you get your money and you can now go and apply that to your next project or whatever it is you want to do. So that's really the process of selling and, uh, and getting your business prepped so that you can have that good sale. That's awesome. I love the breakdown of it because I know for a lot of people, this is a, a very new territory. So it helps to hear that process all the way through. And a question I know that will come up is how much time has to be dedicated to making this worth your while? Like when you're first jumping into this process and let's say, you know, for a lot of people, it might be something on the side in addition to what they what already exists for their current business. What can they expect? For the time that it would take to get it to the point it's ready to sell, yes. that really depends on how much you want to sell it for. So here's a simple um, bit of math, and I, I don't like math, but this, I promise I'll keep it simple. A buyer typically pays between two to three years times your monthly revenue. So if your, your business right now, let's say it's making $1,000 a month, we would assume that we would list it anywhere between $24,000 to $36,000 as an asking price. So it would be somewhere in the middle there, and you would probably receive offers in and around that realm. And now if your business has tons of inventory, let's say you have a physical product business, so there's some sort of physical inventory product element that is included, that would probably get added on. So either we would increase the asking price and include the inventory, or you would have the, the asking price would stay the same, but then the buyer would then buy the inventory on top of it off of you. So th there's different ways that you can work around that. And really the time that it takes to get it to that stage, it really just depends how much time do you need to increase the traffic? How much time do you need to spend uh, getting more customers, you know, attracting leads? And that's why I say, if you really want to get ahead and scale faster and get those leads faster is you have to have your funnels set up. So you have some sort of really great lead magnet for all of your different blog posts or all of your different sales pages. There's something that when people are landing on your page, they can sign up to your email list to get for free. So like an ebook or maybe the first lesson of your course or something, some sort of thing that will attract them onto your email list so that next time you can just contact them for free. And when they get into that email list, there's some sort of funnel working in the back end, whether it's a welcome sequence or maybe as soon as someone signs up for your freebie, the page redirects to a tripwire page where you're presenting them with a low cost offer that they can buy from you right away. There's some sort of funnel at work that is just generating um, email leads and sales behind the scenes. And that can just be really good for growing your revenue without you having to do too much work. And then you can really just scale things a lot faster. And every time you're getting those sales at the end of the month, you go back to that profit and loss sheet that I was saying, just a regular spreadsheet. And you're just writing down exactly how many um, sales you made that month. Then when you're ready to sell, it's just so much easier. You don't have to go back years and years and try to track things down. If you just kind of do it every 30 days at the end of the month to keep track of things when it comes time to sell, so much easier and so much mm -hmm. faster. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I'm curious what 
can you talk a little bit about different things that makes a website profitable? So there's like ads, different ways that you're bringing in income outside of the traditional, like I sell online courses on through this site or that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, ad revenue is a nice to have if you're getting lots of traffic. And if you can get into a premium ad network like Mediavine, that's really great. The thing with Mediavine sites is they've recently changed their requirements. So a site has to be uh, receiving 50,000 sessions in the last 30 days. So when it comes time to sell, you'll just want to make sure that the, tra the traffic is up in order for that site to stay on Mediavine when it sells. Otherwise, the buyer will have to take it off Mediavine and move it to another ad network, which isn't the end of the world. It's We do it quite often now because of this change, we're always taking sites off of Mediavine. But if you can keep your traffic up so that it can just stay on Mediavine, just makes it a lot easier for your buyer. So that's the ad revenue one. It's just like Google AdSense, but Mediavine pays better. Ezoic is another really great one. Um, digital products, so like you had mentioned, online courses and eBooks, templates, if you have maybe a template shop for digital templates that business owners use or WordPress themes, you're a designer, you know, all of these types of things, these are digital assets that will really increase the value of your business. Um, affiliate marketing. I love affiliate links. I, I love affiliate marketing. I think it's such a great way if it, when it's done well and it's done from a place of helping and you're just giving your audience the resources that they need to get to the next step. Affiliate marketing is awesome and it's such a great form of passive income too. So you just create your blog post once, you include some affiliate links to brands that you have partnered with. When someone clicks that link and if they go on to make that sale, then you get a commission. So that's something that's really great. We get a lot of buyers specifically looking for affiliate sites because for them, if they see that all of the content is written, content is, is a big one. So the quality of your content, that's the main thing that people are looking at. If they look at your website and your content is awesome and you have tons of product reviews of affiliate products, it's really easy for that buyer to come in, buy your site, just change the links to their own. And then they can just, that's an easy way for them just to start earning right away. So that's a good one. And then another one too is something that we don't really look for is services. If you have a business that really requires someone to perform a service, these businesses can be sold. It's, I'm not saying that they can't, but it is just a little bit harder to sell because it just requires that the new owner can also perform that service or they can keep your team on and then your team can continue working for them, which which that's a, a good workaround. If you have someone that can perform that service that isn't you yourself, then that can work too. But anything that's more passive and digital, like we're saying, the courses, the eBooks, affiliate links, ad revenue, that's really the, the, uh, the holy trinity, those ones there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can totally see that. And it's interesting. I, I like that you brought in the idea of the service-based businesses, not to totally rule those out, but to know that it's not exactly um, what's maybe being searched for on the yeah. regular. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking about creating niche sites, go for a niche that earns in a, a digital revenue stream if, if you can. Yep. So what are some more profitable niches when it comes to searching for these types of sites to either to get in on, to build up, to be able to sell it, or if people are considering buying them, what should they look I, out for? Oh, that's great. I love that question. So 
health, wealth, and relationships, I believe those niches will always be sought after. We always have people coming in to ask me if we have health sites like mental health. That's a really popular one. People want mental health sites. Um, wealth, so anything that is personal finance, how to make money online, anything that requires um, showing people how to make, earn more money or create things that they can make more money because there's a lot of affiliate programs and there's always an interest. People always have an interest in money and wealth and saving, budgeting, being better with their money. And then relationships. So relationships, the first thing we might think of is dating sites and dating site niches are great. We do um, see that that's very sought after, but also more sort of like relationship marketing. So especially in this last year with the pandemic and everything has gone online and we don't see our friends as much, anything that helps people connect in a relationship way. So like person to person, one-on-one or one-on-one virtual. So some way that you can connect people um, in a way that we're just not, we're not having anymore. So health, wealth, relationships, I feel like those niches will always be sought after. And there are many, that can be an umbrella term. There's many different sub niches that you can work out from under there. Um, And then we always see pets, pet niches. That seems to be really popular. It hasn't for a long time. I don't see it going anywhere. Everyone loves their animals. And there are so many ways to monetize a pet's uh, niche business because pets require so many things. Just like when you get a new baby, a new puppy or a new animal in your family requires so many things, beds, treats, toys. It goes on and on. And there's people who are, you know, cat moms, pet mom, dog moms, dads, they always want to be able to, you know, give their animal a, a, a treat, a toy, something special. So there's so many ways that you can monetize that type of business. And there's also so many ways that you'll want to think about the health of the animals too. So being able to offer tips, um, of course, not making it up, but doing your research, looking at veterinary records and things like that, so that you really can put out content that's really can help people um, with their animals. And I do want to also say, I'm not saying uh, create a website that like shows people how to be your own vet do not do that that is not what I am saying I'm saying more for like health like eating and treats and what's good and bad for animals to eat that sort of thing Mm -hmm. yeah I can totally see that because it seems to be it's almost like kids it's like people will spend their money there and want to do their research to spoil their pets so that's a good one (laughs) Um, I heard that you flipped a website that had almost no traffic to start. Can you talk about that and why maybe you want to consider a site that might not be as attractive on paper at first glance? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So this was a site that I purchased um, about a year and a half, two years ago. It had about 700 articles on it. And each, there's about seven categories. This was not a niche site. This was a lifestyle site that covered way too many things. So there were categories for travel, business, stocks, um, groceries, and recipes. And there was literally so many different things. So I looked at the site. It had been being kept up over the years, but the owner really did not focus on um, traffic. So like there was no Pinterest marketing done. There was no pins created for this site. So it wasn't getting any Pinterest traffic. 
it wasn't ranking very well. Um, there was a couple articles that were ranking a little bit, but nothing was on the first page of Google. It was not getting any sort of traffic that would be attractive to most buyers. Looking at it, it was sort of like a sinking ship. But when I looked at it, I saw the value in all of the articles. So the content was actually really good. Someone had put a lot of time and effort into writing all of these articles. So I bought the site, I think it was for less than $500. And what I did is I split up each category of articles into its own little niche site. So I took all of the travel articles off of the site and I created a travel site. I put all of the articles on there and I just redirected the links for anything that I thought might still be getting some traffic. And then I did that again for the, the cooking uh, categories that became its own food blog. I did that again for the business and the stock. So there was a stock site. And then at the end, I had these seven different niche sites. Two of them I sold right away for about $2,000 each. And that was just like a quick flip. They, I didn't even do any work on it. I literally just bought a travel domain. I uh, built a WordPress site really quickly and I put the articles on, I put it up for sale. And then the other ones I decided I wanted to work on more. So for the ones that I was going to hold for a little bit, I added new articles. I created pins. So I was pinning. I was going into some Facebook groups that made sense to the blog post that I wanted to promote. Like if it was a, a business article, I would go into a women entrepreneurship Facebook group and I'd share the article there. And I just started working on getting some traffic. And I held on to those a couple of those sites for about six months and then I put them up for sale. Um, so in six months, I had profited almost $17,000 from this initial $500 purchase. And so I had that $17,000 was profit. And then I still had two more sites left over from this original site that I was still going to work on. I ended up selling one of them for another $6,000. And then the other one I'm still holding on to because I'm not sure what I want to do with it. But I think my intention will be to monetize it with digital products, um, to create a mini course and then sell that blog with its own little mini course down the road. So that's how I was able to earn a big profit in under six months from just that $500 investment. It's so fun hearing about stories where you can kind of find that diamond in the rough and really make it what you want it to be and leverage that for income potential. And that's one of the reasons that I was excited to have this conversation today is because to me, this is thinking outside the box of traditional earning capacities and modalities. Yeah. And, and there are just so many different ways that people can be bringing additional income into their business and passive income streams or even just opportunities to buy and sell where they can boost their overall revenue for the year and have that money to invest back into their business. And I think so often you'll see entrepreneurs where they just feel stuck and they're like, do I sell a, you know, equity in my business to be able to continue to move forward? We're not as profitable as I want to be. Instead of getting crafty and saying, hey, what are the opportunities out there available to me that would allow me to be my own investor, that would allow me to put in some sweat equity and you know a little bit of elbow grease, learn something new and be able to generate more revenue to be able to drive the 
typical business engine forward. And I look at this as one of those things. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that wisdom because I think this will be a new vantage point for a lot of our listeners. I don't think it's something that they typically would turn to. Uh, So I think it's really fun to hear a new strategy for them that they can consider as a way to keep things moving forward without having to take out a loan or take on more debt and be able yes. to really generate more wealth in the process. Oh, yes. You you nailed it. That's so true. And that was a big thing for me when I started doing this on my own in the beginning was I didn't want to take out loans. I wanted to really have that control where I could purchase something. I could be the investor. I could control the return on investment just depending on what I was able to put back into it. And that was something that I think became really addictive because it is so much fun when you are working on something that you know, you don't have to pay the bank back for anything. This is all you and you're able to make a micro investment. You don't even have to start with a big budget if you don't want to. You can purchase something for even under 5,000, under 1,000. You can just purchase something that has just giving you that jumpstart that you, then you can take and run with. And now if you have a bigger budget, absolutely. There are sites, we have some sites that are earning $3,000 a month and you can purchase those for a bigger investment with the intention that you would be able to earn back bigger, but you don't have to start there. You can literally get started with $1,000, purchase a starter site, and then just work on it yourself and flip it and get that income. And it all goes back to you. So this is really what excites me. And this, when I launched the brokerage, I mean, this was the thing that I was able to help people. They don't have to give up on their sites. People who wanted to, you know, they're just tired of blogging or they're tired of working on their online business, but they weren't sure what to do. They don't have to just give up on it. They can literally sell it and move on to focus on what they want to do. And on on the other side of that, the people who are more in the investor side, they want to get started for them. They can just purchase something that would otherwise take them months or years to build up and create themselves. So on either side, it's really exciting. And last year in the pandemic, I was able to help um, a group of content creators sell their sites. And we put over $490,000 US in their pockets in the pandemic, just from them being able to sell and move on. So this is really why I do it. This is why I'm so excited. And it's just really cool to get to see all what can, what can, what the possibilities are really. Absolutely. Well, words of wisdom on flipping sites from Chelsea Clark. I really appreciate you being here and sharing all that and just opening people's eyes to possibility. So thank you for your time today. And where can people come find you? Well, thank you, Elizabeth, so much for having me. This has just been so much fun. You can find me over at blogsforsale.co and you can also find me at herpaperroot.com. So at Blogs for Sale, that's where my brokerage is, the marketplace. You can actually go and look and see what sites are available and you can just send me a message if you have any questions about anything. And then if you're more on the side, you want to learn how to develop the site that you have and develop, monetize your online uh, blog or your business, you can find me at herpaperroot.com. I have a ton of free resources to, uh, to help you guys get started. Excellent. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homes, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. 
And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.